I know you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. And I'm Lyle Southwell, and this is... Lawson Walters. And we are here for Encounter with God, where we get into our 20 million movement Bible study, 20 million people around the world, all studying Nehemiah chapter 10. Yes. This week, that is our study, that is our subject, that's what we will be getting into. And you can join that 20 million people, 20 million movement right here on Faith FM. Now, of course, a quick reminder that if you are listening in an area where your signal is not so strong or if you are commuting through an area where you run out of signal uh, or if you are getting the delayed broadcast, any of those scenarios, there is the simplest solution imaginable. Just simply download the Faith FM radio app, Faith FM Australia radio app, and you'll be able to listen wherever you've got data. But basically uses no data at all. Mm-hmm. and gives you a perfect signal. You simply run it through your headset, your car stereo, put it underneath your uh, earmuffs if you're working in a workshop, mm. um, run it through the Bluetooth, however you would like to listen to it, and you'll be able to listen to Faith FM all right. the time, wherever you are. Let's just have another clue for the quiz. I just, Why not? Nobody's got this one yet. Okay. What? The last one was super easy. Come on, guys. <laughs> what creature am I? God said that though Edom soared like this creature and made its nest among the stars, he would put it down. Okay. What creature is that? Give us a call one eight hundred. Creature is God going to put down eight four three, and um, and uh, yeah, you win a prize completely for free. Bam! There you go. Absolutely. All right. Nehemiah chapter ten. Yes. Let's start reading in verse one. One. Okay. <laughs> The document was ratified and sealed with the following names. The governor, Nehemiah, son of Hekeliah, and also Zedekiah. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> I want you to read every single name that there is here. I want to see how you go with... Really? How many names... How many... Okay. Between between verse 1 and verse 29, how many names do you think we have? Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me see. Whoa, pass it, pass there is like heaps some, of names. Some names that need, really need to be brought back into uh, usage again. I think. Let me see. What have we got here? Uh, Sariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Pasha, Amariah, uh, Mal, Jikar, Hatash, Shebaniah, Malak, Haran. Uh, I think you pronounced Meremoth, Obadiah, <laughs> Daniel, Ginnathon, Barak, Melasham, Abijah. <laughs> uh, Midjamin, Maaziah, Bilgai, Shemaiah. These were the priests. Then it lists the Levites. Um, yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of different names here all the way down through. Why don't you read for us uh, verse 28 and 29? Um, and I think those might be the verses that uh, sort of like, yeah. Dude, these are, these are prime Kid names. If you're a young couple out there, if you're having kids, go to Nehemiah like, chapter ten. Yeah, big list right there. Me- Mesha Zabel. Like, what a name, Mesha Zabel. Call Man. them Mesh. Mesh. Or Bell. <laughs> or Bell. Um, here we go. Verse twenty nine says, "And the people, um, then the rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who had separated themselves from the pagan people of the land, in order to obey the law of God." Um, 
together with their wives, sons, and daughters, all who are old enough to understand, joined their leaders and bound themselves with an oath. They swore a curse on themselves if they failed to obey the law of God as issued by his servant Moses. They solemnly promised to carefully follow all the commands and regulations and decrees of the law of decrees of the Lord, our Lord of the Lord, our Lord, the Mm -hmm, decrees of mm -hmm, the Lord, our mm -hmm. Lord. Amen. Okay. So they've prayed this prayer. They're now making a covenant. What, what, what really is a covenant? There are lots of different covenants in the Bible. And this is one of those covenants that you find in the Bible. Let's this week, we're going to spend some time talking about covenants and the history of covenants, you know, where they come from, what their purpose is, what, what, you know, the, the, the idea behind... What, why are they making a covenant? What really is a covenant? Mm. Well, a covenant is really just a two-sided agreement. Where there's a, an agreement where, like, or a promise that two, you know, parties, uh, you know, in that agreement, they'll do what they say they're going to do. One side will do yeah. something and the other side will do something. Sort of like a uh, MOU? MOU. Memorandum of Understanding? Uh, yeah, sure. Memorandum of Understanding. Yeah, that, that sounds right on See, on I point. do have a little bit of education. <laughs> Might not know what, hey, what I a didn't, movement I didn't is say in music, anything. but <laughs> do have a little bit of education here. Okay, so something like that, but um, I, I would say definitely stronger than that. Mm. Um, if we, you know, consider the role that, uh, covenants have played, and of course, there is a lot of uh, the, the Bible has a lot, a lot to say about the old covenant and the new covenant. And this week, we're going to talk about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. Typically, when you look back in history, there are many examples of covenants. Covenants were not uncommon. Covenants were something that uh, you'll find them written on clay or carved into stone, but mostly written on clay uh, when you dig up ancient libraries and so forth. And so, this was a um, a concept that was very familiar to the people of this period, something they engaged in on a regular basis. Uh, covenants would be basically between two parties um, when you had a win-win situation. Mm. So a covenant was made when it was mutually beneficial to two parties. And so you might have a covenant for mutual defense. We will come and... Um, be your ally if you are attacked and you will come and be our ally if we are attacked. You know, it's mutually beneficial to, to the two because, you know, those two parties, when they combine their forces together, obviously they're going to have a more powerful military force. And if they fight alone, they are likely to be overwhelmed. But when they join together, then they can, you know, repel invaders and so forth. Mm. The question that goes through my mind is this. Here you've got a covenant between two parties, between God and God's people. And there are promises being made on both sides. Mm -hmm. How is this mutually beneficial? I can see how God's people are benefited by the covenant because under the covenant they come under God's grace. They um, are um, enabled to... You know that they receive the blessings of God. Um, they come. They they become receivers of salvation. Um, they are the chosen people of God. You know, we can list a lot of things that the people are benefiting from. But what benefit does God get from this? I see it this way: God, uh, sin is the thing that separates us from God, and they've essentially made a covenant here, covenant here, not to sin. 
they're like by they're like okay. All right. Gonna- so how successful are they going to be at not sinning? Oh, like awfully, awfully unsuccessful. Um, but that that's the the covenant that they've made. And so if it was theoretically so awfully, awfully unsuccessful, actually, is very successful. No, well, like, how- <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> we all know what you mean. <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah. The, okay. The point. The point is, no. It's not being awful at being unsuccessful. It's that you're awfully unsuccessful. Being awful at being successful. Yes. That. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> we um, know what you meant. We know. Um, meant. But yeah. So essentially, here it's like if if uh, you know theoretically they could keep this covenant, which theoretically they kind of can because Jesus did, as you know, this Bible says, and he, like you know, Jesus came and he he kept outside of the covenant. But they're saying, you know, but then the Bible says, if any man says that he doesn't sin, he calls himself a liar, and we can talk about and that. The truth is not in him. Yeah, we can talk about that uh, all day. But essentially, like God's benefit, if they were actually to keep this covenant, was that he could have connection with his people, which is something that is lost in sin. And not only can I, can he have connection with his people, but as someone who created his people and loved his people, not only does sin affect you and your relationship with God, but you and your relationship with other people. And it's like you've got a bunch of people who love you now, who want to, well, who respond to the love that you give to them, um, and who who treat your other creations, your other sons and daughters well. It's like it, this is benefiting God. The the I think um, in a lot of ways. Our our Bible study guide makes an interesting. Um, Statement here that I'm not sure whether I I agree with. Oh, controversial. Absolutely. Um, covenants were established because they'd be beneficial to both parties. The leader would take care of the people and the people would pay tribute. But with God, the covenant was different. God wasn't really getting anything out of it, yet he promised to be faithful to it, um, even when the people were not. Mm. Now, there's some aspects to this that I very, very strongly agree with and some aspects that I very, very strongly disagree with. I think that God gets a lot out of the covenant because... Um, there is a great controversy taking place between him and Satan, mm. and it's going to be of tremendous benefit to the universe to see that there are people here on this earth who choose to serve God because they love God and they recognize that it, that God is a God of love. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, so they recognize that God is a God of love and they choose to serve God because they actually love him. And if you look at the story of Job, you ask yourself the question, does God gain a benefit from what happens in the story of Job? Because Job is faithful to the covenant and faithful to God. Mm. And Job is somebody who truly loves God. And I think God did gain a benefit from it. Yeah, fully. Over and above all that, we have to ask ourselves the question, why does God go to so much effort to maintain his side of the covenant? Because it's not easy for God to maintain his side of the covenant. In fact, maintaining his side of the covenant would cost God his life. Yeah. You know, 33 years of suffering here on this earth, horrible death of crucifixion on Calvary. You know, this is a truly awful experience that God is going to go through. Uh, Probably the most awful part of that was actually taking the sins of the world upon himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, for God, there was nothing more vile and despicable than sin, and he had to take that on himself and then die for those sins, and that's what God did for us. And so we have to ask ourselves the question, why? What is God's actual motivation for doing this? Mm. And God is obviously not going to do it without motivation, and there's obviously going to be some benefit that God gains from it. So what benefit does God God, God gain from giving his life? Well, simply, 
well, the the Bible puts it like this, you know, that that God pays a ransom for you know for all men because He has a desire for all men to be saved and come to a knowledge. Of Why the does truth. He want all men to be saved? Because He loves them. You know, that's this, exactly it, right there. This is it's who God that simple. is. This is the benefit that God gains from keeping His side of the mm. covenant is that when people respond to that covenant, He gets to spend eternity with them. Mm. Um, wow. And that is just super, super special um, when you stop and think about it because what that indicates is that we serve a God who wants desperately above anything else and is prepared to die for it. God wants to spend eternity with us. Mm. It is really that simple. That's what it is all about right there. God wants to spend eternity with you as a listener today. Yeah. And for no other reason other than that he wants to spend eternity with you, he gave his life on Calvary. Mm. That's the benefit that he gets. He gets the benefit of your friendship. And your friendship is worth so much to God, he is prepared to go that far in making sure that um that you know that 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 his covenant he keeps his side of the covenant here even when we walk away from it. Mm. Um yeah. Okay, let's go back to the covenant that is being made here in Nehemiah chapter 10 and all those list of people. There's a bunch of names there that we have not yet read, so maybe we should go back and review those. No, we won't. Oh, we can if you want. <laughs> like, I'll smash them. I, I, I'm confident. It's always good fun. Uh, but we don't need to. Basically, what we've got is only the leaders of Israel are actually signing their name to this particular document, to this covenant. Why is that? Well, I, I, they're representatives of the people, as as okay. the leaders. You know, they're 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 representing uh, the rest of the nation who are who will be uh, signing. You know, who will be keeping this covenant. I think as well, it'd be extremely difficult to have enough paper um, back in this time to have you know the whole nation of Israel sign their name. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's more from a from a from a because they're they're creating a civil document. They are um, that needs civil representation, and they have it here in in the leaders of of the people, in the Levites, and the priesthood, and in you know the governors and the nobles and whatnot. So, it's an interesting thought when you say about they may not have had enough paper, and paper was incredibly expensive in those days. <laughs> yeah, this is true. It was indeed, and it would have taken quite a bit of paper for you know the entire nation to sign their names. Mm. The important thing here is that they signed this based on the desire of the people, mm. and so in doing so. They are signing in behalf of the people. Yeah. They are the representatives of the people, and it's kind of a little bit like when our government that we elect, that we place into power, signs a document or signs a covenant, for instance, with another nation or whoever it might be, Mm. um, or with us. Um, They do so as... Our representatives, and they represent all of us. Mm, the- we would like it if they remembered a little bit more often that they represent all of us. But yeah, rather than just representing themselves, that's the way that it is supposed to be. 
probably the best representation of that is like, for example, like the Paris Agreement, you know, how it's like, as you know, we've elected a government who has opted to sign the Paris Agreement to help climate change, you know, because we've elected them on our behalf to make decisions for climate change. They've done that. And therefore, you know, by signing the Paris Agreement, they're saying that all of Australia is prepared to undergo and to take drastic climate change action you know it's the same thing happening here it's like because you know these guys the priests and the levites and the nobles nobles and the leaders were that yeah they were representing the people by signing this document they had said okay this is the, the wants of the people because we've done it and we're representing the people so yeah there you go Absolutely. Of course, we have the benefit in Australia. I don't know how it works back in, you know, they didn't really have democratic elections back in ancient Israel, but we have the benefit of if we don't agree with what they're doing, we can just kick them out. <laughs> yep, we kind of have to wait until the uh, next election to be able to do so. But yeah, that's the whole idea is we just um, toss just get them, rid of them out. <laughs> that's awesome. Indeed. All right. What's, uh... Okay, so we need to go back and we need to talk about the uh, first covenant that was ever made. What was mm. the first covenant that was ever made? The new covenant. The new old, covenant, the new old covenant, the new covenant that was the first one ever made. Yes, it's that quite confusing. Make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it's true. So Jesus establishes a new covenant. When was the new covenant made? Uh Genesis chapter fifteen, uh, three. Chapter three. Oh, oh, that's yeah. the old covenant. Yeah, there is, we go. That is okay. The so original covenant. The original covenant, right there. Okay, so let's think about that one for a moment. Whereabouts do you find that in Genesis chapter 3? Can you find that real quick? Genesis 3 verse 15, I believe. Genesis 3, chapter 3 verse 15. Yep. Where the Bible says. Somebody's sending me an interesting covenant right here. I'm just trying to zoom in on my phone to actually read it. (laughs) This is the Australian Defence Veterans Covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, It's coming through from a listener. Uh, we, the people of Australia, respect and give thanks to all who have served in our defence force and their families. We acknowledge the unique nature of military service and the sacrifice demanded of all who commit to defend our, na- our nation. We undertake to preserve the memory and deeds of all who have served and promise to welcome, embrace and support all military veterans as respected and valued members of our community. For what they have done, this we will do. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've not come across this before. <laughs> Maybe the person who sent this can send me a little bit more details on where this covenant came from. Um, and, uh, yeah. There you go. That's, that's very special. I think that's a covenant that um, I would sign in a heartbeat. I would ha- mm. be happy to do so. And I think that, you know, it really expresses some great principles that we need to abide by as citizens of this country in respecting those who have done so much above and beyond for the peace and the peace and the freedoms and the happiness that we have right now. Mm. Yeah, what a great example of a modern day covenant. You kind of don't you kind of don't see the word the language of covenant being used in you know a modern day setting anymore, mm. but this is a this is a really awesome awesome one right here. Okay, where were we going? Uh, chapter Genesis three, chapter three, verse fifteen. Verse fifteen, read. And the Bible says, "I will cause hostility between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. I will strike your head, and you will strike his heel." Okay, this is the origin, right here, of the everlasting covenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you have taking place here is the first promise where God promises that. 
through the descendants of Adam and Eve, salvation is going to come. Mm. And yes, the serpent will cause pain and agony and strike the heel. Mm. But the descendant of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And crushing the head of the serpent, you know, that is a fatal wound. One is a painful wound. The other is a fatal wound. And when God makes this statement right here, the new covenant is made. Mm. We need to have a big discussion at some point. The new point. original covenant. The new original covenant. We need to have a big discussion at some particular point about why the new covenant is called the new covenant. When it was made, when it was the first covenant that was made and is also called the everlasting covenant. How can you have the everlasting covenant that is also the new covenant? Don't those two, you know, concepts just cancel each other out? They do. That's the question in my mind. Where are we going with this? We have time because we have to have a song break. This is The Lower Lights, Just a Closer Walk With Thee.
You're listening to The Lower Lights with Just a Closer Walk with the. Let's have another clue for our quiz there, Lawson. What have you got for us? Yeah, sure. Here we go. Nobody's got this one. This is What Creature Am I? Um, give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843. Um, if you know the answer to this one, there's a prize coming your way. And um, the clues should be starting to get a bit easier now. 0491-064-669 is our text number. So don't hold back on uh, sending an answer through. Um, and yeah, Lawson, go for it. What have you got Here for Here we us? go. I said, no, sorry. Isaiah said, not me, but Isaiah said that youths grow weary and young men fall, but those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like this bird. Now, I should say this, mm-hmm. that on my very first guess, I got this right. How? What do you mean? Like, no. On my very first guess, I was correct. Let me go back to my first guess. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were correct. That's right. And you said you shook your head and you said I was not correct, and that yeah, threw but, me out for the next. Because I just you needed to you needed to give me a name. That's not. But a that name. was correct. That's a description. That was, and that description a is is a good clue as well. So this is also one of the four living creatures. Okay, which was the answer that I gave on the first. Yeah, but it was. It's just like that's not an answer. That's a clue. Okay, so if you look up the four living creatures, you'll find them in Revelation chapter four or Ezekiel chapter one. So I'm giving you some clues right now, um, where you can go searching to find the answer for this quiz. So grab your Bibles, dig them out. Hopefully you're not driving. If you are, pull over the side of the road, and you will be able to find the answer to this clue and give us a call for a prize. What is it? Uh, the Staying Well book over there. Oh, yes. Eat well, stay well. Eat well, stay well. Create. Vegetarian cooking. Obviously. Ah, yeah, go plant based plant based food right there. Yes, very very good. We like to uh, promote plant based food here yes, on we do. Faith FM. Okay, have you ever personally experienced the reality of sin's destructive force? Is a lesson is a question that the study guide asks. Mm. Lawson, yes. Is, do you think there's anybody who hasn't? Like, no. I think no. that that is like the biggest compelling, one of the biggest compelling factors to become a Christian. Some uh, months ago, I was involved in an evangelistic program and somebody in that program, who was coming to that program, asked the question, why do Christians spend so much time talking about sin? Mm. And there's a really, really simple answer to it. Christianity is all about alleviating suffering. The reason that Christians talk about sin is because sin has an incredibly destructive force on people's. It's an incredibly destructive force in people's lives, mm. and the less sin there is, the less destruction there is. So why wouldn't we be talking about sin, mm. and why wouldn't we be talking about it a fair bit? Yeah, because you know there are obviously many different types of sin, but all of them are really, really destructive. Mm. And, you know, there's a really, really simple formula out there where all you have to do is to look at, um, you know, what is what is taking place in our world right now. You, need, you, you look around you and you'll find people all over the place who turn their lives into a train wreck. I've never yet met anyone who turns their life into a train wreck, train wreck by being a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm. That person doesn't exist. Mm. 
and you know you follow the Bible, and because if you because you follow the Bible, there are certain things that you are not going to do. There are certain sins that you are not going to commit because the Bible says this is sin, mm. and it will transform your life. It will completely change you because it will remove from your life so much destruction. And so, yeah, there's a good reason why Christians talk about sin a lot. And that's not because they want to control people. That's because they want to see people live a happier life. Yeah, exactly. Have a more productive life. It's a very, very simple formula. Mm. Okay, so when we talk about the covenants, and earlier you were talking about how that God promised to be their people and to save them, and they promised to serve God, and they could kind of do that. We can do that. We can't do that. How do we answer that question? Well, I think it's um the in the book of Hebrews puts it like this. It says, you know, in that day I'll write, you know, the laws on their hearts. Um it, it's essentially can we do that? Can't we do that? Well, the Bible's very clear. And as I said before, you know, one of the biggest compelling factors to becoming a Christian is the destructive force of sin, is that you've had that experience of like, wow, sin hurts and sin is ruining my life. You know, I need to give this up. And you go to Jesus and you say, oh, please help me. And then it's interesting because we, we go through this, like, I, I, I don't think maybe there's a single person on earth who has ever come to God and said, I don't want to sin anymore. And... Like, fully, we come to God, we're wholehearted, we're sincere, I don't want to sin anymore, and hasn't fallen after that. You know, we are sinful people. And God calls us out of that. Some people then use that as an excuse to say, oh, well, then I don't need to overcome sin. But the simple reality is, is that we are sinful people and we will fall. Thankfully, the Bible says, if you if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Um, but the point is, is that often in that circumstance, it's because we're trying to beat sin on our own. We're trying to overcome sin in and of ourselves, which is impossible because we are sinful people. We have a sinful nature. And so, therefore, God knowing this, you know, as the Bible says, Jesus, he sympathizes with our weaknesses, as our great high priest. He then gives us this awesome thing called, you know, this awesome being, this amazing part of God called the Holy Spirit. He promises us the Holy Spirit for the express purpose of overcoming sin. He's like, hey, I know that exactly. you can't even overcome sin by yourself. Like, you want to. It's like, I've convicted your heart so hard that you've made a decision that you want to. Good for you, but you won't be able to. So, therefore, I'll send the Holy Spirit for you to give you the ability. It's kind of like where the Bible says, can a leopard change its spots? Mm. Can an Ethiopian change his skin color? It's like, nope, that's impossible. Mm. And if you're a sinner, can you stop from sinning? Nope. That's impossible. You've got you've got just as much chance of stopping sinning as a leopard does of changing his spots and an Ethiopian does of changing his skin colour. Mm. Oh. But my question is, and the question that the Bible is obviously indicating here is this, is it possible for God to change the skin colour of an Ethiopian or take a leopard's spots away? Mm. Why would God want to do that? I don't know because they both have amazing skin, but um, <laughs> God wouldn't want to do that. But... If he did, would it be possible? Yeah, it fully is, and he could. And so with God, all things are possible, the Bible says. And so for us who are sinners, with God, it is possible to break free from the shackles of sin, and God is able to gain the victory over temptations within us. Mm. And we need to cling to those promises of God. 
something somewhere interesting that my mind just went. So think about this. Um, you know, often a, a lot of Christians, their response to sin and their powerlessness against sin is, oh, we're not called to overcome sin. We're sinners and God just saves us in that place, which is, which is, you know, obviously heresy. Like, it's just not true. It's interesting that Jesus says, this is like, because we're talking now, it's like, oh, God is so powerful that he can, you know, change the skin color of an Ethiopian just like he can help you overcome sin. Yet the Bible says that like heaven and earth. I don't really like the implication in that because it kind of impl- implies that well, obviously um, overcoming sin is a positive thing, but uh, changing the skin of an Ethiopian would not be a positive thing. No, it would. Last time that you were in Ethiopia and there was certain young ladies oh, in the Ethiopian on. choir. Liar. <laughs> anyway, let me let me finish this thought. Right. Check this out. So Jesus says in Matthew chapter five, he says that you know. Heaven and earth would pass it. Well, heaven would pass away before one jot or one tittle or one little part of the law would pass away. So basically, what where my mind goes with that is like essentially, um, it's pretty much like God. What God is saying here is, it's like it's easier for me to help you. Like it's and it's possible for me, way more possible for me to help you overcome sin, which is something that as humans we find so difficult than to change the law of God because the law of God is a manifestation of his character and it's so ingrained in the universe as something that is so good and so holy and so amazing. It's like, I'll help you do the impossible by helping you overcoming your sin so that you can keep the law of God and have like the most ultimate and blessed life. Mm. I don't know, that's something I was just thinking about then. But praise the Lord, this is Ben and Noel with I Am yours. Uh, Stay tuned to Faith FM. So 
for a way to turn your life experience into an enriching gift for helping those around you? A counselling degree at Avondale College of Higher Education could provide you a great foundation to assist others through life's difficulties. Study in a personalised environment alongside a fantastic support network and community on our Lake Macquarie campus. Apply to study counselling today at counselling.avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. Would you like to get to know Jesus? Are you interested in learning how to study the Bible? Do you need some support and prayer for what's going on in your life? We have a local pastor in Armidale, Pastor David, who would love to support you. You can contact him by calling or texting 0430-190-101. That's 0430-190-101. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio.
You listen to Mel Venus with Pass Me Not, O Gentle Saviour here on Faith FM. We have come to the question of the day time. Lawson, what have you got for us for question of the day? Or another, where, what, why has nobody answered the quiz yet? Come on, guys, we're give us a, a call. We're out of clues, pretty much. Oh, really? Yeah, like it's just that last one that's just a dead giveaway that I don't want to say. What's another? What's a, what's a clue? Okay, we have some big ones of these in Australia. Mm-hmm. They if, don't just live in the Middle East; they live in Australia as well. If you smash the egg of this creature, you will get thrown in jail. Yes, indeed. Popular um, a little poster going around on social media in relationship to that and abortion. What creature is this? Ooh, yeah, if you know what it is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. You'll get a prize completely for free. All right, Lyle. Yes. Are you ready? For I am question ready for question day. of the day. The question of the day is a little bit of a controversial one. It's, it's simply this. Um, if, for how can I frame this? Okay, so basically, as a church, uh, and, and many... So Christians- this is a question of the day that came from a discussion you had yeah. at church on this weekend. Right, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as a church, and as many Christian churches, um, they'll deny people baptism, for example. Um, they, they'll say, okay, you can't get baptized because of something like uh, smoking, for example, or, or maybe drinking alcohol or, or something like this. They'll say, okay, um, until you give up these certain sins, you can't get baptized. Now, the question that I was actually asked on Sabbath and that I'm asking you is that, does that mean that we then deny that person, like, is it okay to deny that person's right to baptism based on something that isn't even in the Ten Commandments? Yeah, good question. First of all, um, obviously smoking and alcohol is in the Ten Commandments. Oh. First John, chapter 3. Okay. Uh, verse 4, the Bible says, Whoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we know is that all sin is involves breaking one or more of the Ten Commandments. So if you look at uh, you know Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, there's, there's, no, there's no Ten Commandment that says, Thou shalt not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But when they ate of that tree, they were stealing. Mm. They were murdering because they killed themselves. Um, they were um, having other gods because they chose the serpent over God. Mm. Um, they were dishonoring their parents because parent their their gods were their, their parents were God. You know, you can go on and on down through the list, and they basically broke nearly all, if not you know, they coveted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, basically broke all of the Ten Commandments right there in one sin. And so all sin involves breaking one or more of the Ten Commandments, including alcohol and smoking and other recreational drugs. Mm. The Bible is very, very plain about the use of recreational drugs. Question of the day for another day. Um, And the second thing is, is a person lost 
if God says, don't do this, and they rebel and they say, yeah, I'm going to do that anyway, over even small things? Mm. And the answer, once again, is very, 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 very plain. If you go to Isaiah chapter 66, let me read it for you here. Isaiah chapter 66 and verse, starting in verse 15, the Bible is talking about the second coming of Jesus. And the Bible talks about, um, at the return of Christ, that there will be, you know, uh, where are we? 66 verse 15, for behold, the Lord will come with fire, with chariots, with whirlwind. Uh, etc., etc., for by fire and his sword the Lord will judge all flesh, and the slain of the Lord will be many. This is the second coming. Those that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree in the middle, eating swine's flesh and the abomination, will be consumed and destroyed. You know, and here the Bible speaks about, you know, people who will be lost because of what they eat, mm. what they partake of. Okay, so here's the question The Bible is plain that recreational drugs are sin, addictive, mind altering recreational drugs. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to question that. Um, the issue then is, when do we baptize someone? Do we baptize them when they have stopped sinning or when they have chosen to stop sinning? Mm. And the answer is, we do so when they have chosen to stop sinning. Mm. In other words, when the intent of their heart is never to sin again. All right. We know that, you know, as human beings, we are going to sin again, but when the intent of the heart is never to sin again. Now, that intent can never be in place while a person is suffering from an, an addiction, because while ever a person is in an addiction, the intent to commit that particular sin uh, remains, you know, while they're struggling with it and fighting with it. And a person who is baptized in that condition will never, ever be satisfied with their baptism. They will always feel that they were cheated. Mm. And so it's never a good idea to um, to baptize somebody in those kind of circumstances. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's uh, the answer to the question of the day right now. This is Sydney Wilderton with Anchor Your Soul. I'm thankful God hasn't let me go. Cause I've let him go many times He keeps amazing me with how he's changing me I'm holding on this time And I keep on telling myself Don't dig up what you've sowed in faith Don't give up what won't be replaced Your life means more than you would ever know Let him anchor your soul Your soul Your soul Your soul I'm thankful God hasn't let me go Cause I've let him go many times Keeps amazing me with how he's changing me. I'm holding on this time. And through the valley, through the deep, when the ocean's crashing in, I will trust, I will lean on the one who calms the sea. So remind me, don't dig up what you sowed in faith. Don't give up. Won't be replaced 
back everybody that was sydney wolverton with angie soul here on faith fm we've come to the end of our show which means that we are about to give something away for free so get ready to give us a call 1-800-324-843 what have you got for us lawson okay so i have a book by elizabeth talbot that's in the jesus 101 series called matthew prophecy fulfilled and this is basically going through all the things that we see in matthew um and how that's just an amazing fulfillment you know the the life that jesus lived as recorded in matthew is just an amazing fulfillment of prophecy that we find uh in the old testament and how you know the bible is just incredibly linked it gives you incredible insight into um yeah just the bible and jesus and everything that's going on so give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you can win this book completely for free there you go. And don't forget that if you would like to study the Bible, and we always encourage people here listening to Faith FM to study the Bible, mm. um, you can give us a call and we can make that happen for you. There are many, many opportunities. You can study the Bible um, with uh, small groups. You can study it with one-on-one with a, a Bible worker. Um, you can um, do a course. We have lots of different courses that are available. Um, you can even do my course, which is called Prophetic Code. Uh, you can do that through the Discovery Center, which they operate about like 16, 17 uh, or more different courses right there. And uh, you can get to know your Bible even better, so give us a call. It has been a pleasure as always. We look forward to your company every morning on Faith FM.
drinks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy that we share as we tarry there none other has ever 